0: This is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It's a Monday, a whole brand new week, man, although today, final day of the month of July. Can you believe it? We are... Working our way into fall season, not to scare you or anything, but we're officially August, September. We're officially three three months away, two and a half months away-ish from October, which means Halloween, which means the trifecta of the holidays going into the end of 2023 already. I don't want to panic you or anything, but good golly. It's flying right on by, and it's great to have you with us today for a Monday as well. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas. On our flagship radio station, we are all over the country, multiple radio stations, plus the TV, live streaming, and podcasting, however you watch or listen. We love you to death, your millennial general reporting for duty, like we do every single day. Programming note before we get into the show, as we get into the end of the month, I always look at the numbers for, like, you know, not only rating stuff for the radio shows. Although it's hard to do since we're on multiple radio stations, I can't really find an overall cumulative number of listeners that we have. But I can look at other uh, things based on our home market where we're out of here at Wichita. We also have our podcast downloads, which I have to thank you immensely for because our podcast downloads are out of this world since we started it, which uh, kind of some celebratory times, I guess. This last Saturday was our one month anniversary of our first full month of having our nationally syndicated radio program on the weekends, which was absolutely amazing. Thank you. As we have some more stations, I I need to update our website. I promise I will. I have not done so yet, but we have more affiliates on there than what we say. We have more coming on here in the next week or two as well that we're working on. A few more that are in the works that we're uh, getting. So we have more affiliates jumping on uh, constantly, which is amazing. Thank you so much. At the same time, tomorrow. So we've already hit our one month for the syndicated program. Now, this show obviously isn't quote-unquote technically syndicated because it's not on the satellite, but it does go out to other radio stations, and we're on about six or seven here with those with this weekday program. Uh, so that's one celebration that we got to enjoy. Tomorrow, on August 1st, is our anniversary of the Voice of Reason radio program in general. We started this program back in 2015 here in our flagship at KQAM uh, in Wichita, Kansas, where I'm broadcasting out of throughout the week. We started this program eight years ago in 2015 on August 1st, and it's been rocketed. We started off as a two-hour midday show from noon to two. We jumped into the morning slots and did a three-hour morning program for years. Um, let's see. That was uh, that was probably about five years of that eight years. And then we've come back, and now we have this hour slot in the afternoons. So we kind of bounced around from different time slots. But uh, the voice of reason, I call it the official launch of the voice of reason, is tomorrow for our eight-year anniversary. Now, the program itself was before that because this was actually our very first show that I started in college when I was actually at Bowling Green State University, and I had my show on their internet radio station for the university, and I called it The Voice of Reason, and then it kind of relaunched itself as an official radio show uh, back in 2015 when we did it here, but uh, this was from the very beginning, man. So eight years here on the air, And well beyond that, uh, probably 12 years that we've actually been in radio and actually started the show as a I I don't consider that a radio show because it was God awful and terrible. But that's when the idea was created. Oh, so many years ago. And it's something to celebrate. So we use August 1st as our celebratory anniversary for this radio show when it officially went live on the radio waves all the way back when. So we'll do some celebratory, maybe do a little bit of like a, a voice and review recap tomorrow and do some. Uh, not like a best-of program or anything, but maybe play some fun clips or talk about some of the fun guests that we've had on throughout the eight years. And we appreciate, again, this would not be possible if it wasn't for you, the listener, actually wanting to listen to this program. And now that we're doing technically three programs, the Voice of Reason's one-hour program during the week, our local program that's specifically for Wichita and Kansas, the State of Kansas on the weekend mornings, on Saturday mornings, and then our nationally syndicated Voice of Reason weekend edition that we do now on the weekend as well, three different radio programs, And you continue to listen to me six days a week is amazing. We love you. We thank you so much. And I cannot say enough about how you've allowed the dream that I've wanted for oh so long to be a talk radio host and do politics on the radio to allow that to actually happen and continue to be a thing. So I don't want to get all emotional and touchy-feely, but I do want to thank you more than you can imagine because the show would not happen if you didn't actually listen to it. And no one would pay attention to it. and We wouldn't be able to continue to do it. So thank you. We love you. And let's rock today on a Monday because, baby, we got so much to talk about today. Bottom of the hour, we have David Kelly on. He's a contributor to The New American. We love The New American, thenewamerican.com, as they have some great – they're one of the last few places where they actually have true investigative journalists out there researching things, reporting on things at the way that they need to. David Kelly, he's a new contributor there, and we'll have him on at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about how the government works with social media companies and the latest judge – Blockage from the Biden administration not being allowed to partner with social media any longer and they're losing their minds man they're not happy because it's kind of an interesting use of a private entity for a public space for the government to be censoring and telling the social media company who and what to censor with shadow banning and blocking and keeping some of the conversation out of there when that is the new public square to have your conversation and have your freedom of speech conversation. So we'll do that coming up at the bottom of the hour, although I want to get into what's coming up tonight in our What's Trending story. What's Trending Today. So we had some fun at the end of last week with some of the – Older individuals in Washington, D.C. that can't remember their name, that are freezing out in the middle of conversations, have no clue what the hell's going on. It's more than just Joe Biden. It's also 90-year-old Dianne Feinstein. It's also 81-year-old Mitch McConnell, where they're just freezing up and they're just randomly going off on tarant without having no clue what the hell's going on around them. And we've talked about ways to try and stop that. We have a clip from Ben Carson we'll play in just a little bit. But it seems like that the lack of cognitive thinking ability or critical thinking in Washington DC doesn't just happen with the older generation that's just struggling to maintain but it's also some of the other elected officials like none other than Kamala Harris I I know I know and she's about ready to do an interview that's going to be released later on tonight for a Monday where she makes the comment trying to find a way to attack the education system in Florida because remember got to make sure Ron DeSantis doesn't get any momentum and florida's been one to try and fight back against some of the woke agenda in public schools they don't like that they have to make their message heard and even though that camilla harris is the least popular vice president in multiple decades she's got to go on her tirade saying some really stupid stuff like this
1: one of the architects of that curriculum if you will uh, said that your position is a kind of ideological posturing what's your response to that Well, I think that this is just a matter of whether one chooses to to speak fact and truth or not. And it's pretty much that simple. I don't think that this is subject to any ideological um, debate to say that people who were enslaved did not benefit from slavery, period. And and I'll say this also, because it it almost seems ridiculous to have to say what I just said, (laughs) that enslaved people do not benefit from slavery. There are so-called leaders, extremists, who are attempting to, to require in our nation an unnecessary debate with the intention, I believe, to try and divide us as Americans. Stop. Stop.
0: That audio from Cake News, that entire interview that's going to be on ABC, I believe, is going to be released later on tonight, attacking the education system down in Florida. It brings up some interesting points. Now, I don't know what the music was behind that, but um, again, what she makes as a statement, is that any accurate in any way, shape or form at all? You are fake news. No, okay, it's so complete, a complete failure there. So we have Kamala Harris that's trying to go after the education system in Florida. Now, not living in Florida, I don't know exactly what that curriculum actually looks like. However, According to Fox News and the Florida Board of Education, who recently approved their new curriculum that includes the African-American history section of their history class. With the section on how, quote, slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit, has generated some firestorm among Democrats and liberal media. Even some other Republican presidential candidates trying to leapfrog Ron DeSantis and trying to attack that type of mindset. Now, I highly doubt, I'm just going to throw this out there, could be completely wrong, but I doubt it. I highly doubt the Florida Board of Education is openly trying to advocate the fact that slavery is a good thing for individuals. Is is that a fair assumption here? Can we just all agree? Slavery is the most inhumane, horrible thing on the face of the earth, and God forbid that we ever try and belittle any type of human thinking that they are subservient to another human because of their skin color or their religion or their personal views or their political views, that slavery is a bad thing. Can Can we agree to that at least? I doubt that there is anybody in the Florida Board of Education that's saying that, oh, yeah, they learned great skills. That was fantastic. Now, that being said, let's just go under that assumption for just a moment. And let's say that they say that slaves were able to develop skills that in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit, which Camel Harris says is advocating for slavery, which is why the NAACP, who, by the way, lives in Florida, the president of it, said that, uh, that Florida is a terrorist state and that minorities should stay away from the state of Florida because of the attack on minorities in that state. Let's for just a second assume that what she says is correct, that they're advocating and saying that slaves learn valuable lessons. Do you think, just for a second, that she is so focused on this victimized mentality, because that's how Democrats control people, is through victimization, that we don't take the positive out of things? Now, what is a positive? of slavery. There's not a positive in slavery. And I don't want that to be misconstrued because you know that there's going to be someone listening or a progressive being like, oh, there's a positive coming out of slavery. No, there's not. However, any type of motivational speaker that you hear out there, what do they say? That they went through absolute hell. That they hit the bottom of the barrel. They were druggy. They were an alcoholic. They had their family leave, they had their whole family die in an accident, whatever the case was, that they were led astray, and that they found strength internally, and that they found some type of value to be able to rise up out of the ashes and be the phoenix and grow. Now, again, I'm just speculating on what this actual curriculum says here. Is this the direction that they're trying to say and be like, yeah, slavery is bad, slavery is evil? However, when slavery was over, what type of lesson or what type of opportunities were there for the slaves? after and post-slavery in the nation. And are they trying to go that direction and say, well, they were able to use the tools and the adaptability of being a slave to venture forth and become a farmer, become a plantation owner, become some type of business owner based on the hard work that they did while they were a slave. And as horrendous as that incident was, they were able to take something from that and turn it into a positive because that's what humans do. And that's something that progressives absolutely despise is taking something from a negative and turning it into a positive because to them, they want to be able to walk through life without any type of negativity, without having their feelings hurt in any way, shape or form. And if they do feel victimized in any way, shape or form, it's the duty of the government to now take care of them for the rest of their life because they've been so victimized in society in any way, shape or form. They don't like the stories of Ben Carson, who are a success story growing from the poor and the rags into the riches. They don't like the stories of people finding their inner strength and becoming successful. So a story that would say while slavery is the most horrendous thing on the face of the earth, and it's the most vile idea that was ever created by mankind to encapture and enslave and take away human rights from another human being, that there might have been some out of it that came out, they were able to find that negative and turn it into a positive and actually get a life under the grand, wild, radical concept of the great American dream. This
1: is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting
0: for freedom every day. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is 24 minutes past the hour. You know, it's really weird. It's almost like this this gender issue where you have to like define the basics of like, hey, hold on here. What's really going on? Because they try to shut down the conversation. In fact, Kamala Harris openly said that. We, Why are you even trying to debate this? This is undebatable. If you say anything about anybody rising from the ashes and being successful in society in this American dream, the streets paved with gold, the opportunity for everybody... If you even mention the fact that anybody has come out and benefited or at least has been able to rise from that ash and do well after a horrendous, horrible, traumatic event in their entire life, then you are the most evil person on the face of the earth. You can't do that. We are victims. And no one who is a descendant of a slave in any way, shape or form in this nation, no one has been able to grow, has been able to see the opportunity for this country, has been able to enjoy the American dream because they are all victims. And that's the narrative that they want. They do not want anybody to have been successful after, because then that goes against the narrative that they're absolute victims, and that's what she openly said.
1: Well, I think that this is just a matter of whether one chooses to to speak fact and truth or not, and it's pretty much that simple. I don't think that this is subject to any ideological um, debate to say that people who were enslaved did not benefit from slavery. Of period. Not. And and I'll say this also. Because it, it almost seems ridiculous to have to say what I just said—that <laughs> enslaved people do not benefit from slavery. There are so-called leaders, extremists, who are attempting to to require in our nation an unnecessary debate,
0: an unnecessary debate from the radical extremists. Uh, remember the definition of a narcissist. They're projecting on what they actually are, and they're trying to project it onto somebody else. That's exactly what's going on here. They have shut down debate. How dare you even question the fact that everybody is an absolute victim and is never successful in society if you're a minority or had some type of traumatic, horrible event that happened to you or your generation or your people some way, shape, or form in the past? Again, no one – I've, I've, I'm pretty sure I will put money on it that I'm pretty darn sure that no one in the public education system, especially the Board of Education in the state of Florida, is going to be writing a curriculum that says that people have benefited and did well under slavery and that that launched them into success. No one's going to be praising slavery as something positive in any way, shape, or form. I'm pretty darn sure. And, in fact, that was reconfirmed with the response from this that's, again, going to be aired later on tonight on ABC by Dr. William Allen, who actually is part of the education system in Florida. In fact, he's the U.S. Commission, um, he's the chairman, former chairman, for the Commission on Civil Rights for the United States. And he's the Florida's African-American History Standards Work Group member, working on actually setting this actual curriculum as a guy of minority descent, since we apparently have to define that as well, this is what he had to say in response to Kamala Harris.
2: You know, what would what would you say to critics uh, who say these standards
0: uh, have set education back? Well, I can't answer critics
2: whom I haven't seen or heard. The only criticism I've encountered so far is a single one that was articulated by the vice president, and which was an
1: error, as I stated in my response to the vice president. It was categorically false.
2: It was never said that slavery was beneficial to Africans. What was said, and anyone who reads this will see this with clarity, it is the case that Africans proved resourceful, resilient, and adaptive, and were able to develop skills and aptitudes
0: which served to their benefit, both while enslaved and after enslavement. Again, I don't know what that music was behind that, that audio from Cake News, from that response by Dr. William Allen, who actually helped craft that as a member of the African descent, African-American, that made that curriculum, saying, no, 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 people were actually able to use the skills that they learned. They were very adaptable, which is why they were able to survive as a slave. Instead of just dying off, they were able to be adaptable to survive. And then they used the will strength, which humankind has, to take that and when they became free, turned it into a benefit to thrive and succeed in life because that's what humans do. But again, you can't do that. The progressives wanting to kill off humanity by not allowing that inner strength for you to take a negative and turn it into a positive.
1: This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. reason meets
0: radio this is the voice of reason with andy hoosier yes indeed it is welcome back into the program i'm telling you there is a deeper issue going on here where they are trying to take away your ability to find that inner strength find all the negative crap that goes on in your life and turn it into a positive they don't want you to do that the progressives are all about that victimization which is why Kamala Harris, with her interview that's going to be released later on tonight, is going after that public education system in the state of Florida. No one is trying to advocate saying that, oh, it was beneficial for slaves to be in slavery or something. It's not the case. Stop it. Stop being so stupid. And stop trying to twist this into a political argument and then say, oh, you can't even debate this because there's radicals in office. Yeah, okay. Let me tell you something. Uh, America has been economically stagnant for about three years now under the Biden administration. 15 to 20% inflation over the last three years, near 30% inflation on just food alone. It's getting tougher and tougher just to buy the basic essentials. And it's time to unleash economic progress across the nation. That's why we're so happy to be partnering with Americans for Prosperity, who's launched their massive nationwide campaign this summer, calling out the Bidenomics for what it actually is. It's failed economic policy. The real fact checkers are finally coming out, and it's time to let people know what's really going on, where you can be part of the Bidenomics is broken campaign By letting people know about the truth with the economy. Whether it's helping knock on doors, making phone calls, financially supporting the organization, or even just talking to your family and friends and neighbors when you're out and about. It's time that we bring some truth, reason, and common sense back into the economy. And that's what's happening with Americans for Prosperity, the country's largest grassroots organization with chapters all over the nation and over 4 million advocates nationwide. For more information on how you can help this massive campaign for truth, or for more information to take the truth to the streets and talk to people, you can find all the information online at americansforprosperity.org. Again, americansforprosperity.org. Plus, you can follow them on their social media, which they post some really cool stuff, by the way, at AFPHQ. That's AFPHQ. Help reignite the American dream by calling out the failed Biden economic policy at Prosperity.org. All right, let's get into what's trending story here. What do you say? What's trending today? I want to shift gears a little bit away from the madness in Washington, D.C., kind of, as the question is, where does free speech lie? Now, obviously, people try to use the freedom of speech, freedom to say whatever you want to, in some weird ways, and they don't always say it in the proper way because we have to remember the First Amendment is really about you being able to say whatever you want without the oppression of, The government. Now, it's a completely different story when private companies say, you know what, you represent the company. I really don't want you saying certain things. Um, Or even a social media site who decides what their quote-unquote community standards actually are. And if they go down that road, then you have the choice to be able to choose on what social media sites you want to use. However, in the weird world of crony capitalism and that blending of the private and the public sector today... It makes it much more complicated as the government obviously for years now has been using social media to silence opposition and those that question what the government's actually doing. And we saw that proof positive when Elon Musk ended up taking over the Tweety, which is now known as X, as he released a lot of those documents where the Biden admin And even those within the Trump administration, without Trump's knowledge, were sending uh, messages to social media, Twitter specifically, about, well, you can't talk about hydroxychloroquine. You can't talk about ivermectin. You can't talk about D3 vitamin deficiencies in bodies that could help fight COVID-19. You can't talk about anything potentially negative about the vaccines. And they were silencing these people through shadow banning, through the algorithms, and just through just blatant canceling these individuals. So the question is, where do we lie in that weird, confusing, gray area between the right to freedom of speech under the First Amendment on a social media platform that's supposed to be a public platform and a public block for people to be able to voice their opinion and the government, who's now working with the private company like social media, telling them what is okay and what is not okay? It's a very interesting conversation as we see some of the latest uh, lawsuits going on out there right now. To talk about that and more, he's a contributor to The New American, which we love having uh, uh, the New American on here, thenewamerican.com, dot Mister David Kelly on the line. David, what's going on, my friend?
2: Hello, Andy. Uh, it's a hot day here in, in Colorado where I'm sitting here right now to chat with y'all. But I got to tell you, um, I'm excited to have this opportunity to to share with your listeners about the truth of what's going on in the Biden administration and how they've colluded, coerced social media companies to suppress viewpoints, you name it, content, memes. Uh, it is just it's a sad statement that we live in this Orwellian world that the Biden administration is promoting.
0: Yeah, it is very sad that we have to deal with this. I mean, I can say I got shadow banned or I got put on, quote, unquote, Facebook jail back in uh, right about 2020 when the COVID stuff was happening. Since then, we get very little traction, very little new people actually see the pages and like it and actually follow us. It's very difficult mm-hmm. to get that information out there, and it's because of if you don't have this same idea this mindset this vision of what they want then they will not allow your stuff to flourish and actually gain any attention on their social media platform and the fact that the government is aiding abetting and working with them behind the scenes isn't there some type of bridging of what's not supposed to be happening between the private and public sector here
2: oh absolutely i i think the government should stay out of our not only the, our personal business and our our rights to express our freedom but that's what I think, made this country so great. I mean, if you can step back a little bit, we look at history. If you go through any um, newspaper that was printing, biased or not, the articles they wrote back in the 1850s, 1860s, especially during the war between the states or the Civil War, you will see how um, there was so much, we're going to use the word, twist to truth that was out there, but it was allowed to stay. However, um, Abe Lincoln didn't like that. And he actually jailed some of those newspaper writers calling them uh, copperheads and, and telling them they can't do it and didn't even give them the, the right to trial. It was it was a sad state of affairs. I'm hoping we're not going to go in that direction here because we have Judge Doherty, who has written a 155-page opinion on this recent lawsuit that was brought by the states of Louisiana and Missouri against the Biden administration. That, I think, is going to be the the true testament as to where the First Amendment stands, and this is probably going to end up in the Supreme Court at some point.
0: We need that. We need the challenging here. Where is that line drawn? And as we kind of did the intro here talking about the, the First Amendment and the violation of the First Amendment, where is that line drawn between you being able to say something in a public forum, which to me a social media company, even though it may be a private company, has laid out a new public forum for individuals to voice their opinions on and where government's involved in here. I mean, where is that line and where do you think the courts are going to land here?
2: Well, you know, based on the the judge's uh, dissertation on this, I have to tell you, if he wins the day in this case, um, I think the First Amendment is going to go back to where it should be where you have that right. I mean, obviously we can't yell fire in a crowded theater and, and things like that, right. but we should have a right to express our opinions in opposition to our government. And that's, I think, the key to the First Amendment, at least in, at least in my humble opinion.
0: Yeah, that is very true. Uh, we're talking with David Kelly with The New American, thenewamerican.com. David, how much do you think that social media has influenced election outcomes over the past few elections? And what I mean by that is, either promoting a certain agenda on social media, what's been allowed to be out on the algorithm for people to see, or things that weren't allowed to be there, such as investigations on Hunter Biden's laptop and so on and so forth during election time that no one knew about where they said that that may have changed their opinion on the Bidens going into election day. How much of this affected the last couple of election outcomes?
2: I would have to say it had a huge, overwhelming effect because so many people now rely so heavily on that instant social media in their phones, on their PCs, and they just get a glance. I mean, you know, they get the highlights of a news release that's been popping out on from from some newspaper or, or website or news site, and then the government does the same thing. So, in, in my opinion, especially um, knowing a lot of voters, and I've been heavily active here in the, the state with voters. I think that the effect of social media being kind of, you know, channeled down by the government has led to a lot of people not getting the full picture, which I then think leads to them making, I don't think, a well, I think, well thought out decision because they don't have all the
0: facts in front of them. That is true. And then the next question is, is how do we get all the information and how do we screen through and filter through the information that's out there? Because there is a lot of quote unquote misinformation and lies that are out there in quote-unquote fake news. So uh, how do we decipher or at least let people know that, hey, here's all of the information, now it's up to you to decide what you believe is real and not real and fake and not fake um, on certain sites like social media or even just Google right now if you try to search something?
2: so The, the truth for, for me is going back to when I was a young man, like my father always told me, always question authority. Respect mm. it, but question it. And I take that a step further when it comes to anything I read, news wise, whatever, I try to go back to the the first primary source where they received and where they wrote this information from. I mean, even even the Biden administration, I'm digging through the White House press briefings and I'm trying to find out, well, where did that crazy press secretary find this information? You know it's it it is, but I think I think the due diligence is upon the citizen to really ask questions, ask, to, okay, I see this story. I don't think it's true, but maybe it is. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to try to follow the the coattails on this story to see where it leads to. Yeah. And I think that's what we really have to do. We just can't say, oh, it's on this news station or that news station, or I trust everything that comes out of this reporter's mouth. We need to find out who their sources are, what the sources are. And this is in all aspects, politically, with candidates, everything to find out exactly the truth behind what they're saying and or trying to sell you on, um, and, and the government, especially the Biden administration, um, I don't believe two cents coming out of their mouth. I just, it just, yeah. I, so
0: you, how so you're, could tell, I? you're telling me that maybe we shouldn't trust the idea when he says he's created 13 million jobs in the nation.
2: Or, or cured cancer.
0: Or cured cancer. Yeah, he's cured cancer too, so we don't have to worry about that. We can just take our nice new Biden Care card and be able to get rid of our cancer when we have that as well. we got to take a break here. We're talking with David Kelly, com. Go and check it out when we come back. I want to talk about ways that we can continue to battle this, bring that information, bring that truth and reason back into the conversation. I always say we're in the information wave right now, the information overload. But what this show tries to do and what we try to promote is how do you bring the knowledge and the wisdom to put it into perspective and apply it to your life for the benefit? That's what we have to get back to. And we'll do that right here in The Voice of Reason. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
1: fighting for freedom every day the voice of reason with andy
0: hoosier yes indeed welcome back into it last uh, segment on the show Boyle oh Boyle flies right on by hey want to remind you programming no i had the opportunity and the honor to fill in for armed american radio's daily defense on multiple stations Syndicated program talking second amendment issues we did that today also do that tomorrow so stay tuned in for that and you can find his program at armedamericanradio.org. You can find my show at hoosierreason.com. H-O-O-S-E-R, reason, no I, H-O-O-S-E-R, reason.com. Sign up for the newsletter, become a holic. I usually send out my newsletter on the 1st, although I don't like to do it in the middle of the week either. So I want to give some opportunity for people to sign up and that we will send it out on Monday next week. So get ready for that one if you have not signed up for the newsletter yet highly recommend you do we'll have our blog on there we'll have the information on the show all the great affiliates we have jumping on and a heck of a lot more on the program and again have to thank you for the massive amount of downloads on the podcast that we've seen compared to previous months since we've started our syndicated program on the weekends as well. Even with this show that's already on six, seven radio stations, we're just rocking and rolling, cranking it through. And you guys are awesome. We love you to death and thank you so much. All right, we're hanging out with David Kelly, the new American.com. As we talk about AI, we talk about the uh, social media, we talk about the intelligence and technology and the way that the government's trying to use it to censor you. Because guess what? You are fake news. And that's what they're trying to do is just tell you what we can and cannot talk about. David, let's talk about AI for a second. There was a headline that I saw on Breitbart about capitalists predicting, quote, ChatGPT announcements coming soon will shock the entire world. Now, for those that don't know how ChatGPT and some of the new AI works, is it's not original content, is it, David? This is plagiarism at its best, pulling from multiple different sources to come up with something unique and interesting on its own. But it's also coming up with massive amounts of just blatant lies and false information where I have no clue where it's even come from. This could be a game changer as well when it comes to try and realize what's truth and what's not out there.
2: It, it is very uh, terrifying, if you will, especially for someone that, you know, I, I spend time writing. I've been uh, in, in the marketing I guess uh, areas of a couple businesses of my life, and you you want to market the truth, you want to sell your products, and the government wants to come out and you know say that they're they're on top of everything, and that everything that comes out of their mouth we need to trust. But I believe AI is going to be a game changer, and that it just reacts so quickly. Just feed in a few keywords, and it just pulls. As you said, it, it plagiarism is is a great word. Uh, what is original thought? But what's it really going to do? What's it going to tell us? Yeah. The misinformation, um, the malfeasance—I mean, where do we go with this? I—I'm uh, uh, very interested in seeing what that's going to be all about when they announce that.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I mean, the prime example—the show that I just mentioned, Armed American Radio—that I get the honor to fill in for the host of that, Mark Walters. There was a made-up, plagiarized, completely inaccurate lawsuit that Chat GPT punched out when someone was asking about Second Amendment news, saying that the Second Amendment Foundation, a massive organization that fights for gun rights across the nation, uh, and the owner, Alan Gottlieb, who's good friends with Mark Walters, that there was a lawsuit uh, by the sum of $5 million that the Second Amendment Foundation was suing Mark Walters for embezzling money out of the company as the treasurer. Mark's never worked for the Second Amendment Foundation. There is no lawsuit whatsoever in regards to that, and there's nothing going on there. But it came out with a court case number it came out with the details of the case just made this crap up that's insane
2: that that, that is insane especially after in the last segment i just just mentioned you should always look for your your primary sources yeah. and if they're spewing out such information like that you might go okay looks real sounds real without actually digging into that deeper Well that just it, it blows my mind and and it relates to this the judge here and in, in the the case on the social media and the government where he wrote a Harry Truman quote in his conclusion where he says, once the government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, it has only one place to go, and that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a source of terror to all its citizens. It creates a country where everyone lives in fear.
1: That's a
2: great point. When I read that quote from Harry Truman, I'm going, okay, I know where this judge is going, And on on top of that, it's been three weeks since this particular case went out. And I know that the AI situation is, is becoming fast news, but Facebook emails have been revealing the fact that this case has bearings.
0: Yeah. It has they, bearing. They have the email. Yeah, it is It is very sad and it's very scary. They're going to use that to enforce their agenda, to try and force it down our throats and silence any type of opposition. And then once you say a lie enough times and it becomes fact and people just assume it and take it for granted and, the, and don't try to question it in any way, shape, or form, and that's where we have to fight back. David, we're out of time, my friend. I could talk to you about this for hours. I love it. TheNewAmerican.com. Go and check it out. It's always good to talk to you, brother. Let's get you back on again real soon. Thanks, Andy. Hey, Great. absolutely. Always a pleasure. There it is. Another show in the books, man. A lot of great content. Let's try and bring that wisdom, be that catalyst for change in your own community. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.